um, special forces when one of my instructors I found out was in the commandos in uh, Melbourne. So I just pursued this thing to become this, um, I guess, more like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone than anything else. And, um, yeah, just sort of it, it was the direction that my life was heading. Um, and as I, as I got deeper and deeper into that sort of lifestyle, um, what came with it was the drugs and were women and all these sort of things. And um, by the time I was, um, by the time I was 21, and I'd done all these things, and I'd, I'd passed the command and reduction course with the special forces, and I just lived this crazy life. Um, I just was getting to a place where I was just totally bankrupt in myself, and I ended up getting uh, discharged from the army for poaching abalone. And um, again, it was just something that I just got caught up in with some guys to make some money, but it ended up um, wrecking my whole dream of what I wanted to do with my life and where I wanted to go. And yeah, I just ended up finding myself in this place where I was totally hopeless, even though I seemed to have achieved so many things, you know. And I remember you sharing with me recently that uh, you had some time in, in prison and uh, you came across the Bible and you, you started reading it uh, and there was a, a bit of a change. Tell us about that. Yeah, I can't, I, when I was in prison, I, you know, you, you have a bit of self-reflection when you're in there and I'd, um, I'd been thinking about some of the older guys that were in there and I'd and I thought, man, I'm I'm not sure I want to be in this same place or where they're at when I'm 40 or when I'm 50. And, you know, I had a brainwave that my parents had, you know, had Bibles and were into God and that sort of thing. And so I had a um, epiphany about a Bible and I found one. There's plenty, plenty of them in prison. And uh, I started to read the book, but I just didn't make any sense to me. I started to read in the beginning, there was God and it was just, it was a bit too much for me, so I closed the book and I thought, well, maybe maybe the guys in prison might want to start a fight with me if I walk around with the Bible, thinking that, you know, I had thought all Christians were weak and timid and a bit of a pushover, so I walked around the prison yard with this Bible expecting for someone to start a fight with me, and to my surprise, no one did anything. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it was a bit funny. I, that was <clears throat> when I got released from prison that time. That's all the experience that I'd had with the Bible or with God at that time and I thought I'd had some sort of an awakening and it was amazing to see just even as I started going that direction how as I got released from prison I just got flooded with even more things um, and temptations and I met um, one of my friends he introduced me to syringes for the first time and man that really plummeted me really low and everything started to revolve about, about drugs and being high and yeah, it really, really started to show my life. So, mate, after this uh, patch of your life where you were, you know, going, getting involved in all the wrong crowd and going down, uh, downhill, and uh, I remember you sharing there was a, a moment where you felt God spoke to you, and it was when you're at the end of your rope. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. I got told in prison about a place called Teen Challenge, and um, you know, obviously it was a, it's a rehabilitation center, and I thought to myself, man, I don't have that many problems, you know. I'm not, I don't need to go there. I'm doing okay, and and I think the training that I had and the mental um, willpower that I had had probably sustained me from maybe longer than I, than I probably should have in that sort of lifestyle. But um, I got to the place where um, even mentally I was starting to break down, and um, I decided I'd go and check this rehab out and just 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 more to appease the people that I was living with my family at the time so I could keep staying there. But as I went up there and I checked out the rehab, 
Um, when I first got there, my first impressions of all the people there was like, man, what a bunch of losers, <laughs> you know, look at all these people. They've just totally wrecked their lives and they, they've got no hope and that, and man, it was crazy. By the end of the day, it's like I'd seen myself in a mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, if you put all these people in a blender and mix them all together, they still wouldn't be as worse as I am and, and they still wouldn't have done the things that I've done. And I just re- I just started to feel the weight of the way I'd been living and the things that I'd been doing. And, and that night, um, a guy by the name of Mal Doswell, he was preaching at the chapel service. And to be, to be honest, I didn't know what the heck they were really talking about. Like, it just was like white noise for me. But at the end of the meeting, he just said, look, if anybody wants some prayer, why don't you come down the front? And we'll pray for you. Totally casual. There was people getting up to get biscuits and all sorts of things. But for me inside, it was like I was standing on the edge of this cliff that if I didn't get up and I, and go forward, I felt like my soul was almost going to be lost and I'd, and I'd fall back into this abyss. And I'd never been afraid of any man in my life, but I had become afraid of spiritual things. And so I geared myself up. I'm like, come on, one, two, three, get up, get up. And eventually I, I just stood up and said, man, I got nothing to lose. And I walked down the front um, of of this little chapel and I said to him, man, look, you're going to have to do your very best because, look, my family has been Christians. I've prayed. I've, tr- I've tried everything. I said, but give it your best shot. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, he goes, Mark, I see a picture of a rope. And, and I didn't know anything about prophecy or, or any of those things. And, and I'm like, what's that got to do with anything, man? And he said, he goes, Mark, it doesn't matter the darkest hours of your life. He said, your hand has always been on a rope. He said, that rope leads to God and you need to start to climb up it. And I didn't know exactly what he was saying, but inside of me something started to break. And for the first time I started to feel this emotion and feeling. It was like a plug got pulled out of me internally. And I was like, oh man, what I'm experiencing right now is this guy is talking to me. It's better than anything I've ever ever experienced in my life. And um, so I made a decision that night that I was going to come back to the rehab and it was a week until I could get into the rehab. And the funny thing is, you would think that after an encounter or experience like that, that there would be some substantial change, you know, but I just got sucked straight back into it, you know. I was Straight away, I was back doing all those same things. But a week later, my parents pretty much just dropped me off at this Teen Challenge in Victoria, saying, man, we just hope something good can happen. And after being there for two nights, and it, it's 24-7, I'm not going to lie to you, it's pretty intense. And they said, God can change your life. He can transform you, all these things. And I'm like, man, if this isn't real, you know, I'm like, if this isn't going to change my life, there's no point for me to be alive anymore, you know. And suicide just became a real option to me. And I thought, man, I've done discipline in the army. I can do what I'm told. I've done time in prison. I can wait. I can wait it out, you know. And I've, I've done martial arts. I can do what I'm told. And I thought, man, if this isn't real, I'm checking out. And after being there on the second night, I was in a room on my own and I just looked up into the darkness and, and I said, man, I don't know if there's anybody out there anymore. I don't know if there's anything anywhere, but if there's someone out there who really cares about me and you can change my life, I said, I'll give you the whole thing because I've wrecked it all, you know. And I went to sleep that night. As I got up the next morning, I heard a voice speak to me and the voice said, get a notepad and pen. And, and I'd heard voices on the drugs um, and when I'd been out of my mind... And I looked around, made sure no one saw me, went back in my room, and I got a notepad and pen, and as I stood there, this voice said to me, write down all your sins. And I started to write down as many things as I could remember, and the page just started to fill up, and the pen just was struggling to keep going. And I was laughing at the beginning because of how easy it was going to be. By the time I'd filled that page, man, I was like, 
what was I even born for? I've just been an absolute destroyer. I've destroyed my family. I've destroyed relationships with women, with my friends. I've stolen from my best friends. And then this voice just overrode everything I was saying and said, now tear it up in pieces. And I started to tear this page up. And the voice said, now throw it in the bin. And as I threw it in the bin, Matt, this voice said to me, Mark, you are not the same anymore. You are brand new. And I felt this presence like a dark blanket that had been on me my whole life just come off in a second. It was like, oh, and I was, it's like I took a breath for the first time. And, and since this happening, I know that um, we read in the Bible about being born again and being born from heaven. And it was like I took my first breath as being born again and, and all the violence and all the hatred and, and everything that was holding me back and weighing me down just was lifted off in a second. And I didn't know who I'd talk to and who the voice was at this stage. And I, I, but I just knew that I was totally different. I wasn't the same person anymore. And I walked out of the room and I spoke to the leaders at the time of the rehab. And I said, look, something just happened to me in my room. I'm totally not the same person anymore. You can tell me what's going on. And they looked at me and they were like, whoa, man, we think that you might have met God. And I'm like, well, you need to tell me who God is. And they said, well, Mark, God's Jesus Christ, and he died for your sins 2,000 years ago so that you could be forgiven and that you could live in freedom. And I said, man, uh, uh, you, mean, you mean to tell me, and it was, it was going in, but I couldn't get it with my head. I'm, I'm like, you mean to tell me that he died on the cross, Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago to forgive me for my sins now. So that means that he did it way back then. So he knew everything that I was going to do, the way that I was going to go, the people that I was going to hurt, the things I was going to do, and he still loved me enough to lay his life down so that I could be forgiven. And they said, yeah, man, that's it. And I said, man, if this is God, I'm going to follow him for the rest of my life. And, that, and I made that decision, and um, I had made that decision earlier when I just shot a prayer out into space saying, if anyone will come, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. You know, And it's been 10 years since, and I've seen some incredible things. So, mate, in the last 10 years, you're married, you're, uh, you're doing ministry now, you're, you're traveling around sharing your story. Uh, are yep. you finding like uh, you're, that, that God's opening doors for you? What are you doing in ministry these days? Yeah, mate, it's, it's been absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, the bottom line is I was my, the way I thought, the way I responded to people, it was totally, it was really, really messed up. And I stayed at that rehab for uh, close to three years. I actually did the program in 12 months. Um, but I just felt when I was there that, man, I really need to solidify these, the teachings of Christ and the things that he said to me. And the bottom line was that I needed to learn to love myself and I needed to learn to love others. And I've been on this incredible journey of learning about who I really am as a son of God and, and how much the Father really does love me. And, and as I've been in this relationship with him over this time, I've literally been transformed. And there's a, there's a scripture that says, as we behold Christ, as we fix our attention on him, that we're actually transformed. And as we behold him, we become like him. And he's been just totally transforming my heart. I'm, I remember um, early days that I've, people would just, they can just push your buttons, you know what I mean? And I had a lot of buttons when I first got saved. And I was like, oh man, God, I just, I don't even love these people, you know, like, can you, can you help me? And this was in secret, just on the carpet. I'd be like, I'm so irate with these people. I'm so done with them. Can you, can you please help me? And by the, a couple of hours later, there was, this, there was this well of love that just began to start to bubble up, and I was able to deal with the people and able to love them. And this is, has been an ongoing transformation. But 
Um, I met my wife at Team Challenge. Her name's Elise. She's absolutely incredible. And, you know, Proverbs says that a, a wife is a gift from the Lord and that she's, oh, man, she's been more than a gift to me. I've got two kids now, um, Isaiah Mark Stokes and Avalyn Pearl, and they're beautiful kids. Now, one of the incredible things that God did is when I was a, I did a carpentry apprenticeship when I was younger, and when I got out of Teen Challenge, he gave me a job, and I was faithful for 12 months in that job. Following that 12 months, I got a job as a building supervisor for one of the biggest building companies in the town that I was living in. And at the, at the time that I got the job, I wasn't quite sure that I had the capacity to do it. But I said to the employers, I said, look, man, I, I told them what God had done in my life. I said, look, if, I, if you'll answer my questions, I'll do the best that I can do with this job. And within a couple of weeks, I was supervising over 20 houses and I was, I was liaising with the clients, all these things. And God was really starting to regenerate my mind. And um, the home church that I was in in Tatura, um, man, they really just just loved me. I was in really in a church family there. And I started to cut my teeth preaching there. I started to, I was witnessing on the streets there. And um, man, really, really the, the fire that God put inside of me when he saved me, it's just so real that um, I just can't put it out, you know. And when I talk about it, even though it's 10 years later, it's like it happened yesterday because he's, he's so close. And um, I've discovered since that God has a destiny and a purpose for my life to share the good news and the truth with people and that when I do that they're actually willing to listen and I've seen so many people come to know him like I know him and I guess what's burning in my heart is that um, even if anybody's listening to what we're sharing right now is if they don't know the love of God and if they don't know that he's desperate for them and that Jesus died on the cross for them but I want them to know it and I want them to know that he loves them so much that it doesn't matter what they're doing it doesn't matter what they've destroyed or ruined it doesn't matter what place they're in in life that if they'll turn their attention towards God, the Creator, that He'll reveal Himself to them and they can be transformed. And one of the key things that I've found over the years is that if we don't know who we are and we don't understand our identity as being the created sons and daughters of God in relationship with Him, then we're really just looking for who we are in everything else. And and you can see in the world so many people are lost trying to find their identity, trying to find approval, trying to find where they fit and their niche and all these sorts of things. But the reality is that we can only find who we really are in God. And, um, yeah, my prayer is that just for the people listening, whether that whether they're believers or they're not believers, that they would really start to cry out to the Creator, start to cry out to God to show them who they really are so that they can be all that He created them to be in this life. And, yeah, it's incredible, man. Mate, I just am so fired up hearing your passion and your heart for God and, I know you've uh, been involved in the, the Reinhard Bonnke School of Evangelism, yeah. uh, the Glory City Church uh, School of Supernatural. Uh, you've been involved uh, in a lot of ministry. If people want to contact you, um, uh, you know, I, I played one of your clips recently on, on Facebook and it's had over 2,600 people watch it. And we had a yeah. few people contact us saying, hey, we want to book Mark to come and speak in our school or our community. If people want to contact you, is there a website or, a, or should they just look up Mark Stokes on Facebook? How do they find you? Yeah, I've actually got a, um, we've recently just started a ministry called Cross and Fire Ministries. And uh, the website um, or the email that you can get us on is actually um, crossandfireministries.com. And if you want to send us an email, it's cross and fires with an N, cross and fire ministries at gmail.com. So 
yeah, if people want to contact us, and look, we've been, um, of late, we've really had um, crusade evangelism on our hearts, and we're actually praying and seeking God for where He wants us to go and the places that He wants to um, set up some meetings and, yeah, really just see a great harvest for um, what He's doing in these days. Let's see what doors God opens next. Uh, Mark Stokes, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.